<laughs> Amen. God is good. And all the time. Whew. And tonight, we're taking this message to the Interfaith Pride Service at Bering. You think Montrose is ready for this? <laughs> God's love reaching out. There are those moments in life that we never forget. And one of those moments for me was the first time I heard this song. It was one of those songs that just about halfway through, I stopped and listened with my whole heart. And I have to tell you, my hands went right up in the air. Sold out. Sold out. Everything. Offered. Open. The only problem with that is I was driving at the time. <laughs> so it was on TC Jester and I wasn't going too fast. So fortunately there were no mishaps with that. But uh, when our souls are full... There is no vacancy. When our souls are full, there is no room for fear. When fear comes knocking on the door and saying, is there room for me in your life? Amen. When our souls are full of love, perfect love casts out fear. So what do you say to fear? No vacancy. Because I'm sold out. Now we do have those moments. <laughs> we have to admit it. Do you ever have those moments where you send out an email. I mean, something happens and you are so ticked off, you are so furious that you just sort of free form a three-page email. And you're just writing through that email fast and furious, and you get to the end and you don't even reread it, you just hit that send button. And you feel so good. Ooh. And you imagine them reading it, and you imagine the look on their face and the sweat pouring down their chin. <laughs> and you're happy for a moment until you realize that you just made the situation worse. And that temporary pleasure from writing that email that felt so good is going to soon be a complex issue to deal with. Now, I think today's scripture from 2 Corinthians could be one of those emails that got sent accidentally. Of course, this was before email time, but I sometimes wonder whether or not Paul would have loved to have taken some of his words back. And that includes today's scripture. If Paul was here today, I could imagine him running up and saying, don't use that one, don't use that scripture. I've got some other scriptures you can use, but don't use that. Use 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, but not this one. <laughs> because he does say some things in here that make you wonder. Paul talked about the importance of relationship and reconciliation and grace. And yet in today's scripture, it seems he is dumping the ultimate guilt trip on his leaders, on his followers, on his readers. It's like he's saying, look what all I have gone through for you. And when are you all going to do your part? I mean, don't let God's grace be in vain. And if you're sitting around... Just being happy and feeling good and doing your own thing, then what's the point of God's grace? You're just keeping it all to yourself. So basically, he's saying, get moving now. Now, he flowers it up a little bit, saying now's the acceptable time for salvation. But what he's really saying is, get your butts moving. You can at least do something. And he says, I commend myself to you. What he's saying is, look at what I've done for you. Look at what I've gone through. 
He says, I've gone through great endurance, afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labor, sleepless nights, hunger. And you all are just sitting there. I mean, look at the list. Endurance, afflictions, calamities. Sounds like a Saturday night for many of you today, huh? <laughs> In fact, I had a person after the 9 o'clock service say, you know, you just described my Saturday night when you went through that list. Now, uh, it may be that it's not that extreme, but we often do that in relationships. Oftentimes we say, look at what I've done for you. We commend ourselves. We say, I took out the trash, I walked the dog, I changed the litter box, I mowed the grass, I vacuumed the carpet, I dusted the blinds, I picked up all the little dead tree roaches around the house. I cooked, I cleaned, I emptied the trash. I have given you all kinds of grace and you're just sitting there soaking it up. We do that in church. I serve on the board of directors. I volunteer not just once a month in the children and youth ministry. I volunteer twice a month in the children and youth ministry. I greet, I meet, I seat. I do all of this for the church. And then there's all those pew sitters out there just soaking it up. <laughs> just sitting out there saying, love me, love me, Jesus, love me. <laughs> when are the rest of you going to get with it? Oh, we all have our list, and Paul has his list today. And the truth is, he could have gotten really angry and really testy. He could have fully soaked all of this stuff in. The riots, the endurance, the sleepless nights, the hunger, the imprisonments. Oh, God! Why me? He could have stayed there. And that could have been his home. When you open the door of Paul's life, you could have opened one door and saw endurance, another door imprisonment, another door rejection, another door abandonment, another door betrayal. But Paul doesn't stop there. He describes his honest feelings and then he says, look into my heart and what will you find? Oh, you'll move beyond the sleepless nights because you'll find their knowledge and patience and kindness holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. In other words, fear and imprisonment and resentment and bitterness, they all knocked on the door. They all made some noise in my life. But ultimately, Paul says, I said to fear and ego and materialism, look at the no vacancy sign. There's no room for you here. So go find another home. Go find another place. Move on down the road. In other words, Paul said, I am sold out. The Spirit of God lives in me. And that's the reason I'm sold out. Now, Paul can be a little bit hard to get. He can be a little bit frustrating. He's not the best writer in the world. So if you can't quite relate to Paul, maybe you can relate to Ayanla Von Zant. She doesn't call it being sold out. She calls it surrender. 
And I just love how she describes the way that anger can knock on the door at any time, even when... Have you ever been at home minding your own business, having not washed your body or brushed your teeth? Amen? <laughs> Good. Move in slowly so you won't catch a whiff of yourself. <laughs> All right, then. I'm in the right place. It's the kind of thing that some of us do on a Sunday morning. There you are, not smelling good. Then somebody calls and tells you something that sends you into full tilt anger. It's happened to me. You don't expect somebody to disturb you when you've not brushed your teeth yet, but it happens. When it does, you must be aware that you are being called on to surrender. You will think of all the things you want to say to the object of your anger. And the more you think, the more enraged you will become. Many people believe that on the spiritual journey, you should not get mad. You should always be loving and understanding. Get a grip. You, you are not immune to normal human responses to human experiences. However, the spirit is in you and you have tools to work with. What you can do when rage and fear or other stuff engulfs your mind is surrender. Admit what you feel, feel it, then surrender it. The issue is not that you experience the emotion. The issue is to what extent you allow it to influence you. The long-term response is what matters. When you're on the spiritual journey, surrender it's a daily process. Mm. It is a daily process. And we do have the tool to take a breath, to feel it, but not to invite it in. Not to ignore it, to name it, to recognize it, but say, hey, you're not, you're not going to make a home in my life. So you listen to the knock, you may answer the door, but you don't invite anger in. If you do, Anger quickly turns into revenge. When I was in Nazarene College, my freshman year, I was trying to be a good little straight Nazarene boy. So, uh, <laughs> so I asked uh, Lori out on a date, and we had this fantastic time. I mean, she, she was amazing, amazing person. And uh, you know, we went to a movie, had dinner. I think I may have kissed her on the cheek. I think that was safe enough for a freshman straight Nazarene boy trying to be whatever. And... Uh, but it was strange, a few days after our date, uh, we, we were friends to begin with, and she wouldn't speak to me, and I couldn't figure out why, and I'd ask her, and she'd just start crying. And in my mind, I thought, what, what did I do? What have I done wrong? And finally, she told me. She said that my roommate, David, the next morning called her and said, hi, Lori, I heard that you and Dwayne had a really good time last night, and he told me what the two of you did. And then he went on into all kinds of made-up details. Well, obviously, it hurt her incredibly. And it hurt me to see her hurting. Now, I was yearbook editor, and so I had some friends who were athletes, the basketball team and the football team. 
And I told them what, uh, what my roommate David did. And they made an offer that sounded wonderful. <laughs> they agreed that they were going to watch for David and about four to six of them were going to hogtie him and then shave his head. Now that's back before shaved heads was popular. And we went ahead and started moving through on the plan because I was so angry. And that revenge sounded good. And yes, I went all the way there. I imagined David tied up, hog-tied. I imagined them shaving his head. I imagined the humil humiliation. I felt it fully. But then I had a choice to make. Am I going to go through with this? We went ahead and let that plan almost go to completion. And then I, I stopped him. I said, guys, I just can't do this. It's, it's just not right. And David and I are going to have to work this out some other way. Anger, revenge. We have a choice. And it's about surrendering and finding a better way. Yonla goes through to describe more of what this idea of being sold out, this idea of surrender can, can really be about. Surrender allows us to face the thing we fear before it becomes a reality. The fear of being wrong, the fear of losing control, the fear of being found out. The thing we fear has absolutely no power, yet we brace ourselves for the worst possibility. In that defensive posture, we keep our minds fixed on what could or might happen. The fear of facing that imaginary negative outcome is what keeps us paralyzed. However, when we surrender, we mentally go to the end through the thing we have to fear, which in effect releases fear thoughts from the mind. With surrender, you realize that no matter what happens, you'll be able to handle it. With surrender, you become willing to live through the experience without giving your entire life over to it. Surrender also makes room in your heart and your mind for God to give you a new idea, a new thought. When you surrender, give up fear thoughts, and give up the control of a situation, you open up the way for a miracle to take place. You notice the shift here. When you send away the fear and the anger after naming it and dealing with it and recognizing it, you then create space for God to work. You create an open place for health and wholeness. In other words, you're sending away the stuff that wears you down and inviting in the stuff that lifts you up. Paul has both lists, but you notice he doesn't linger on the list of grievances. But he moves on to the good stuff, the holiness of spirit, the patience, the kindness, the genuine love, the truthful speech. Those who have been successful at dieting say that one of the keys is to fill up on the good stuff. Eat the apples and the veggies. You don't have as much room for the junk. The same principle applies spiritually. Fill yourself up on patience, goodness, kindness, vision, hope, joy, friendship, and life. And you won't have room for all the stuff that weighs you down. This is not a new idea. It may sound like it. But actually, in the Eastern Orthodox Church, centuries ago, this idea of the Jesus prayer came up. It's a simple prayer that is simply repeated with the rhythm of the breathing. 
Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy. To where the good thoughts actually align themselves with your very breath. It creates a place for fullness and abundance and life. So the question for us today, resurrection, is are you sold out today? Is your life full of the possibility and the potential of life truly lived? The truth is fear is going to come knocking on the door of your life. And you have an opportunity to say, fear, there is no room for you here because the Spirit lives in me. And that's the reason I'm sold out. When ego comes knocking on the door, you say, there is no vacancy here because my soul is full. When materialism knocks on the door, you say, there is no vacancy here because my soul is full. Resurrection, are you sold out today? If you let all that other stuff get in, it's going to weigh you down until you can barely move. But when the Spirit lives inside of you, you will find yourself lifted with every thought. You might find yourself temporarily discouraged, but you will not despair because you are sold out. Your life is full. The Spirit lives in you. Gospel Ensemble, are you sold out today? Resurrection, are you sold out today? Are you ready to live that life to the fullest? Are you ready to live that life for Christ? Are you tired of being down? Then go ahead and get up. If you're tired of being down, let your spirits rise up with you today. Come on, Resurrection. Get up today. Get up. You've been down. 